When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, let's go. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to CHGO Bulls Post Game. Coming to you live from our studios here in the West Loop, downtown, 12.04 a.m. Chicago time. I'm Peck. That's Big Dave. <laughs> Will the go leave Our pal producer, Joey Spath, is on the controls. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Thank you for joining us late tonight. Uh, Big uh, Big Dave, are you laughing at uh, our friend French Clem's Bulls comment? TV. The French Bulls TV. I mean, right it's not there. 150. Yeah. It's 141 points it's 141, allowed. 141, but they scored 132. So it's hard for me to be mad at a team that has LeBron James and Anthony Davis on it doing that to you. But when Nas Reed <laughs> and those teams are scoring 150 on you, wait, that's, that's a different but Yeah, are are we not allowed to be upset that part of it included D'Angelo Russell going off? But here's the thing: if he hadn't been Eight doing of 13 this, 13 from three. If he hadn't been doing this up to this point, then yes. But he has been killing these past few games. So he has been playing better recently. Yeah, but I understand. Hey, y'all get it? You 141. Points. It was the season high for opponents' points allowed by the Bulls thus far Ooh. this season. So there's that. Okay. All right. Uh, I believe also the highest field goal percentage allowed by the Bulls to an opponent this season. Mm-hmm. The Lakers shot 60.9% from the field. They made 53 field goals. <laughs> 20 of those 53 made field goals were from behind the three-point line where they shot... 64 and a half percent like come on dog. <laughs> like that that adds up to allowing 141 points the the bull scoring 132 is hilarious but the lakers shooting that well and the bulls with just some inexcusably dumb turnovers and this is the result we're left with yeah they, they take this l um and it, it started from the beginning they, they were just hot and you thought that at the half where i believe the lakers were 11 to 17 uh, from the three-point line at yep. the half, and were basically the only reason they were killing because the Bulls are winning pretty much every other category. At one point, I believe in the third quarter, D'Angelo Russell with eight had as many made threes as the Bulls as a team. He was seven which to was, twenty-two, which was also eight. Seven to twenty-two at that half. Go ahead. D'Angelo Russell was at one point eight of eleven, and the Bulls were eight of twenty-eight. There it is. Like yeah. Like, I mean, damn, it was just kicking the ass whooping. Who was it? Was it Vanderbilt who was seven to seven for like fourteen points at one point? Like, yeah, man, like, it was just out of control. They were super-duper hot, uh, very rare for any team, not just the Lakers, very rare for any team to get that hot and just go off on you like that for an entire game. Usually you might see it for a half, but the entire game, they, they just went absolutely insane. And so the crazy part is was wild, they are man. not a three-point shooting team. Exactly. No, they are but last they in were the tonight. They're they last in the league were. in attempts. They're 20th in the league in three-point percentage, and yet they – Shot 64.5%, which was a season high for them. <laughs> Percentage-wise, uh, second most threes in a game that they've made this year. Season high, and, I mean, it's not even that the Bulls were just, like, giving up a bunch of wide-open shots. Like, I felt like they were 
contesting, uh, D'Angelo Russell hit two just heat check threes that had no business oh going my up gosh. alone going in. The then, first heat check was insane. The second heat check was like, what? How? And then there was actually the third heat check, which was his end of the third quarter or end of halftime buzzer beater. I, I can't remember. It was third quarter. And yeah, which was like a you know, three-quarter length court shot yeah. that he almost banked in. Yeah. He just had the Michael secret stuff going tonight, apparently. <laughs> the secret stuff. And that's what happens. I mean, these teams, even like the poor shooting teams, if you get hot and you make 23s in a game, you are probably going to win. Teams this year who have made 23s in a game are 57 and 9. So that's... Pretty good record. Pretty good record. Not a bad record at all. Pretty yeah. good record when you super duper hot man drill twenty threes. Uh, the Bulls ended up with twelve of thirty seven, so shooting uh, low thirties percentage wise on uh, fewer makes. You know, they're, but they're, decent volume. Hmm? But decent volume. De- decent they, volume. They yeah. had to start chucking to yeah. kind of keep themselves in but, that game. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Bulls still lose the three point uh, battle tonight by twenty four points. Mm-hmm. So there that is. Uh, and then points off turnovers, I don't know if it ended up being as bad as it was at halftime. Um, okay, so the, the Bulls evened it up a little bit, and probably some of that had to do with that fourth quarter run when the Lakers were a little bit more lax with the ball. But the mm-hmm. Lakers also had an 18-4 to edge at halftime in points off turnovers. I mean, like again, th- this has been a team, one of the few strengths the Bulls have had offensively this season is protecting the basketball, keeping those turnover numbers down. And tonight it was just like, Guys making passes to their teammates who weren't even looking. Yeah. Just, you know, trying to force entry passes that weren't there. Yeah. I mean, just just dumb stuff that yeah. you just kind of shake your head and you're frustrated about. Because, like, if, if the Bulls you know, cut down on some of those dumb turnovers, especially in the first half, maybe this is more of a game than it was. Yeah, the communication was definitely off. Uh, the one where Kobe is trying to pass to Io and Io's moving off the baseline, and he, he clearly wants him to still to stand right there. Like, that communication was off. Like you mentioned, the passes ahead that nobody was really looking for. I, too, just off the top of my head, I remember one was from Drummond and one was from, I believe, Kobe, who was just throwing it ahead to Io, and nobody was looking for the ball. Luckily, they held on to it. Um, The last three minutes of the second quarter, I think pretty much summed that up as far as the turnovers were concerned. The whole game, Because they just started. But, yeah, but it really was that moment right there. I think the Lakers finished the the second quarter on a 12-0 run. Exactly. And that's why it was just turnovers were happening. They finished the damn quarter with a turnover. So they just continued to happen for them, hitting those threes, and that that was the game for you. And it continued on as you went to the third, as you went to the fourth, man. So, yeah, turnovers and ridiculously high three point shooting, you're going to take that L. Do you guys feel like they played, obviously, like, defensively, you're giving up that many points. Um, some of that is just luck of make or miss kind of league. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it did not feel like they played super poorly. Um, if, if you look at just, like, some of their other indicators, I mean, they were fantastic from the free throw line, 26 of 29, compared to the Lakers, 15 of 20. They had 12 offensive rebounds, which is something that they have really been prioritizing. Uh, they still shot well from the field, obviously not enough to keep pace with the Lakers, um, DeMar had his first really good game in a while, I would mm-hmm. say. He had 32 points, 10 of 14 shooting, 11 of 12 at yeah, the free throw line. That's old you school, DeMar. From the beginning, he 11 was going of 12 from the free throw line. He's barely been going to the free throw line at all recently. From the it's, first it's quarter, the you can tell he was going for 40. First time he's it. been in double-digit free throw attempts since uh, December 14th, mm. so over a month and a half. And, yeah, I, I've been kind of, like, quietly putting these in my articles recently of just, like, Man, Demar is kind of not looking quite the same. Like his his shooting mm-hmm. efficiency is down. He's not making his shots. He's turning the ball over in late game scenarios. Like, 
I don't know. It just feels like he's not quite that same superhuman force that he was certainly two years ago, but last year, even to a certain extent, that uh, decline, I think, is starting to come for him a little bit. But clearly, there are nights where he can still really get it going and uh, doesn't hurt that that was against his hometown team. No, no, it didn't hurt at all. And you can tell he and Caruso had a little extra juice tonight playing uh, against L.A. Obviously, one is a hometown, the other one winning the championship going against LeBron, like coming out of the gate, Caruso was taking those shots, yeah. you know, and playing that defense. So, yeah, they were hyped up, but they couldn't hit. Kobe White uh, was not on his thing as far as the three-point shooting is concerned. Yeah, just three of ten uh, yeah. behind the three-point line for Kobe tonight. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so when you when you're shooting it like that and you got another team that is absolutely lights out, just ridiculous lights out, this is this is how it happened. So it's funny that it was ended up one forty one one thirty two, which is what you keep laughing at, because the fact they pick up that one thirty two shooting like that and it's still a nine point victory. It's like, wow, okay, but it did. Of course, it doesn't feel like that. We watched the whole game. We yeah. knew that game was pretty much over yeah. early on. But yeah, man, like that kind of shooting, I just chalk those kind of games up when you're shooting like that. Like that's just unreal and not something that is usually sustainable. Yeah, and so we'll see, like, how much they, you know, take away from this. There's kind of the whole meme about, like, AK putting too much value into close losses. Um, And obviously the Bulls got this one to be within 10 points. You do have to credit them for, like, not really going away. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that second quarter, I think, just was kind of the end of it. And the rest of the way, they were just, like... I don't know. It felt like they could have pulled their starters like I, see, okay. early in the fourth quarter. I'm glad that's where you're going with that because some of us were sitting there saying, yo, Billy, why why is Kobe still in this game? Why is DeMar still in this game? Yeah, they made a little half-spirited comeback in the middle of the fourth quarter to make the final score more respectable, but it's not like they had even enough ticks left on the clock to actually try to complete that comeback. And, you know, you were pointed out as we were watching it the reminder that Kobe and DeMar are among the league leaders in minutes played this season uh you're you know on game two of a three-game road trip maybe maybe you just throw that one but I yeah okay I guess credit to them that they didn't completely throw in the towel and give up uh but Anthony in the comments said how many times are we going to say this team wasn't ready to play or need a better energy it's unacceptable I, don't uh, even feel, I didn't even feel that, though. Like, I just thought they took an like, ass whooping against a team the, that was red the, hot. The first quarter was back and forth. Yeah. Both both teams were playing yeah, well. Like both offenses hummed mm-hmm. well. Um, and it was just like the, the second quarter, like it was just like a slippery slope that started to go worse and worse for the Bulls. The yeah. Lakers kept hitting. The Bulls kept turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to our guy, Fred Bulls TV, who said, I thought defense was awful all night. No physicality, no communication, no closeouts. Uh, too easily beaten on pick and rolls. Uh, it was bad. What I mean, I, I noticed you pointed out at least one of them with a video you posted, Will, of the the Lakers and LeBron specifically kind of picking on Kobe with some switches <laughs> and some mismatches. It, it, you know, in, in your opinion, is there anything you would have liked to see Billy do differently? Maybe make an in-game adjustment on sort of what the uh, defensive schemes were that he was running out there to try to stop the bleeding or at least slow the bleeding of this uncharacteristically hot night from a Lakers team that's not known for hitting that many threes. Yeah, the tricky part was like, you know, if you're pointing out that specific run at the end of the second quarter, which is when a lot of the damage in this game was done, I mean, it was just turnovers leading to 
the Bulls not being matched up the way they wanted to be in transition. And then you get Austin Reeves and LeBron running a pick and roll. You get Kobe switched on to LeBron. You get LeBron in the post where he's able to make a play for himself or somebody else. And, I mean, yeah, you could call a timeout in there. Um, you could send more help. But the Bulls, like I've asked this question before, they stand on their scheme. And their scheme is to switch everything one through four. Sometimes they switch one through five. And we saw that a little bit tonight uh, with Drummond. But, I mean, Billy put Drummond and Vucin together, which mm -hmm. is not, not something he normally does. Um, he, at one point, actually put Kobe on LeBron. Or I don't know if this was just intentional or if it was just matched up that way. But, like, there were it's a couple like possessions <laughs> where Kobe was just the one on LeBron. And I think the reason behind that is that he was trying to avoid bringing two to the ball right. to mm -hmm. where you can draw uh, switches for, like, AD. So... I don't know. I think people are frustrated with Billy online. I don't like, there's always more that a coach can do and I don't want to take that away from them. I really, the one area where I do criticize him on this one was that you're down 23 in this game and you've got the number one and number two players in the league in minutes played mm -hmm. and playing them both mid forties. Yeah. I mean, Kobe 43 minutes to Mar 41. My God. That's my biggest criticism. Oh my God. But like, I mean, the Lakers were just on fire. And right. They were making contestant shots, yeah. and the Bulls were turning the ball over. It's just really difficult to win a game and be competitive in a game where that's the case. It's just it's a tough thing to do. I mean, the Bulls shot 53.5% from the field. Mm -hmm. Only 32.5% from three, okay, but on, as you said, Will, a decent volume. They also, had, they, they also made 26 free throws. I mean, their score by quarter, 32-25, 36-39. And you still lose. Yeah. Like, this is not well, necessarily a, a, a playing badly game. This is like the Lakers went crazy and the Bulls, you know, th that second quarter, the 25 sticks out, and it was largely due to unforced turnovers and unforced errors. And the Lakers absolutely converting on those. Yeah. And it feels like Billy also left these guys in because the Lakers still had their guys in. Like LeBron's still in the game. LeBron AD and AD were out the there game. with three minutes left. Yeah, they're still playing. Trying so, to protect what was a dwindling lead. Yeah, I'm sure, because I'm sure Billy's thinking, well, if they're out there, then those guys are going to be out there. Yeah. No, nah, I'm not saying that's the right thing, because it damn sure wasn't. You should have sat those guys down. We knew the game was a wrap. But I'm thinking that was his mindset. Like, fine, they're out there, then you guys are going to be out there playing too. Uh, Chase and Ashlyn in the comments. Why can't Billy Donovan figure out what to do when the Bulls have these games where they play like garbage? For a whole quarter, we can never seem to stop the bleeding. That's coaching. Or, or it's the Lakers shooting 65% from three while the Bulls uh, make passes to players slash teammates who aren't looking yeah. at where the ball is coming from. And you talk about attacking Kobe. That's the, but that, You're right. That's the, totally Billy's fault. The other guy they definitely attacked was Patrick Williams. He was attacked. Oh my god! By, by LeBron yeah. James. I, I and I've, I've seen P. Will supporter in the comments yelling about how horribly Billy coached this game tonight. No mention of Pat. No mention of Pat. P. Will supporter. How do we feel about him tonight? Six points on two of nine. Oh, of five from downtown. But yeah, no. Let's let's harp on Billy getting out coached tonight. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. Um, Patrick definitely didn't have that shit. At all. And he got cooked. I mean, cooked. He got cooked. Fried. <laughs> <laughs> Fricasseed. You know, however you want to say it. But it was weird because I've seen him play better against LeBron. Yeah. Like, I've seen it. Yeah. I've watched it happen. Because, again, this is why LeBron would give him compliments. He's not just throwing compliments out to anybody. He would throw a compliment out to. But this just looked like, man, dude, like, you just shouldn't, shouldn't even be on this level with LeBron James. And it wasn't like he was putting extra moves on him or anything like that. 
posting you up, hitting tough shots. Three-point shot because you're leaving me and, and late getting back to me. Here's a bucket for you. I'm going to cross you over because I do the same one every single time, <laughs> and I'm going to go to the bucket. He couldn't stop him. The turnaround that he hit was absolutely vicious. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll give him that one. That yeah. was disgusting. That was just that was- greatness happening in front of your face. But they continued, they continued to attack him, and they continued to attack Kobe. Like, they pointed, and they, and they pointed those two guys out. Like, these are the guys we're coming after. Usually, it's DeMar, you know, that guys are going to point out and come mm-hmm. after. But tonight, it wasn't that. It, I don't know what they saw in Patrick, but it, they, they were correct tonight. Yeah, it's just it's a bad game. He's not going to play well every game. Yeah. He's had some moments recently where he looked good. He's had some moments where he has not looked as good. Um, I feel like I've kind of beating a dead horse with this that just like hit it again will he's he's <laughs> like not a great player so he's not going to play great all the time mm. he's a young player who's in, inconsistent he had a tough matchup trying to guard lebron freaking james uh and I've sometimes it doesn't go your way sometimes most times against lebron way. it does not go your way i think yeah. it's fair to say uh, yeah. most times against lebron it does not go your way yeah when, when you play a guy like that you kind of want to not match him point for point, you know, but your play has to at least do a little something. You know what I mean? If LeBron's going to put up 30 on you, can you give me like 18? You know what I mean? 18 and six or something like that where you got to keep him honest. He didn't have to be honest tonight. He just was like, I don't feel like it. I'm going to be LeBron James. The other thing is like he was 0 for 5 on threes. That's pretty uncharacteristic. Yeah, that's true. He started the season shooting really terribly. He then got super-duper hot. Now the number is probably pulling back towards what it, you know, what the average will be. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not going to go over five every night on threes. And if you go one or two, now you're looking at twelve points instead of six. <laughs> and it's a different game we're talking about. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of this is just like make or miss league. Make or miss yeah. league. The Lakers made a lot tonight. A lot. D'Angelo Russell, come on, really? Go but on, Joey. Bulls killer. You know what that means? He's going to be putting on a Bulls jersey any day now. Him and Furkan Korkmaz. Uh, well, I do. Can I just add one small, quick thing before the ad break? Sure. Because it's a, it's on a more positive note. I do think it's a silver lining. Uh, silver line me, Joe. For tonight's game, and that's that we do not have to see the Lakers again, being that they are, of course, not in our division. <laughs> um, so, and uh, decent chance that we won't even have to watch them in a playoff series come April. Ooh, now also, that's a peck silver that lining. Sweet. If you're gonna go for it, you gotta throw that in there too, man. I think coming into tonight, KYP, sir. They were 22 <laughs> and 23 and tied in the ninth seed in yes. the West. Yes. So, I mean. They're I'm, up and down and team. You know they'll do something at the deadline. Sure. To try to, you know, appease the great one. No, they're coming. <laughs> they're coming after DeJounte Murray for sure. Dude, yeah, I know. They're coming after him, man. So, Which, yeah. like, you know, anyone wondering if the, like, even if the Bulls wanted that Rui and D'Lo package. <laughs> that appease the great they got. one. fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, okay. With that, let us take our first break. Before we dive into some ads, uh, a reminder, if you miss pregame while we were hanging out, and you didn't see the news on Twitter or Instagram yet. We just dropped a brand new uh, CHGO Bulls piece of the merch locker today. Uh, and it's showing love to the best part of our season so far. And it is the wonderful, the one and only Sub-Zero. I can't wait to feel it on my Kobe. Oh, I love this shirt. It is awesome, man. As we establish a pregame credit to you and Joey, who both uh, chimed in with some artistic uh, offerings, yes, suggestions yes, yes. to our uh, our creative uh, artistic crew over yes. in uh, DNVR. It is available in that CHGO merch locker. Grab one now. Uh, I'm probably going to grab one. They running. I'm probably going to grab five. Yeah. They're running. I mean, I'm not saying they're running out. 
you got time, but I was looking at it today, man. Hey, yeah? If you're a certain size, yep. <laughs> you might want to get on it. That's all I'm telling you right Shop now. Shop quickly. You might want to get on it, man. Also, uh, CHO diehards, of course, get that 20% discount every time you shop at the Merch Locker. If you aren't a diehard yet, great opportunity. Sign up now because when you sign up to become a diehard, you get a free shirt of your choice. Yes. Pick the awesome new Sub-Zero one. Um, <laughs> speaking of Kobe, yes. he is our DraftKings king of the game tonight, gentlemen. <laughs> Post game brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Shout out. Oh, what a wonderful time of the year for betting. Mm. Got NBA coming down to the back half of the season. Mm-hmm. You've got NFL playoffs, conference championships on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Oh, what I can't get enough of, the action, of course, but also... Things off the court spice up when I get my betting done at DraftKings Sportsbook. Mm -hmm. Official partner of the NBA, also official partner of the NFL playoffs if you're getting ready to make some bets on Sunday. Right now, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Mm -hmm. Download that DraftKings Sportsbook app with promo code CHGO. New customers can bet just 5 bucks again, on any NBA action, a player prop, a money line, point total, over, under, whatever you want. And even if the bet doesn't hit... Just for putting five bucks on an NBA game, uh, you are getting 200 in free bets instantly. Mm. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code CHGO. The crown is yours. Is it? Uh, the crown is also Kobe Weiss tonight there because is. he is our DraftKings king of the game. Other than his uh, kind of cold night and, you know, three of ten. But, like, for Kobe this season, three of ten is like, oh, off night yeah. behind the three-point line. Yeah. Uh, did some work on the boards. And uh, I think somebody, I can't remember who said it in the comments. It might have been our friends at C-Red UK said, just the, the Kobe blow-by on LeBron tonight was, like, the highlight of a night where the reverse, not a lot yeah. went right for Bulls fans. Mm-hmm. But, man, even on an okay night shooting, Kobe had some special moves to the rack. You know, I love these moments when he has – I'm not saying I love this game for him. and Obviously, I would like him to shoot better and hope he shoots better in, in the future. Mm-hmm. But I like it when it's not going for him. He can still give you 25 mm-hmm. points. It wasn't like that before. But now he has so much... Uh, so many different uh, things in his game that allow him to get these kind of points, you know what I mean, like this, man. And, yeah. And for me, that's good because you're going to need that shit because you're not always going to be hot. Right. So can you still give me these points, give me these rebounds, and do these kind of things to help this team try to win? And Kobe keeps showing that he damn sure can. Reason why? Six of seven from the free throw line. His yeah, ability to get downhill, draw contact, there you go. has improved so much this year. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, eight of 18 is not an efficient scoring night. Three of ten from three is not up to his standards, but he's able to carry his efficiency yeah. by getting to the free throw line a bunch. Awesome. I mean, man, that and one he had tonight. <sighs> Beautiful. Yeah. Uh he is your DraftKings King of the Game, Sir Alec Jacoby White. Don't forget that promo code when you sign up at DraftKings. It's CHGO. Gambling problem, call one eight hundred gambler or visit ww.1800gambler.net. Mm, it's like that. It's like that. You know what else it's like? What? These hardwood floors. Ooh. Why? Because they look awesome. Sure do. And I'm sure yours look awesome, too. But guess what? You might need a little work or two on it. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. You know you should rock with? Empire today. Why? Because all they do is floors, 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 no matter what. Floor That's it. Mind. Floors on their mind. They'll never give it up. And every time they step into the building, guarantee you their prices won't go up. They won't stay there. <laughs> With Empire today, you get to shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and of course, 
the low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, and I mean, of course, they're going to have copycats. But Empire can't be beaten. Nope. On quality. Uh-uh. Service. Nope. Speed. So competitors <laughs> advertise low quality products that Empire simply will not carry. I'm breaking the goat over here. And it's awesome. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is not is putting trash flooring on your floor mm-hmm. and they wouldn't do it to themselves. So Empire, like, why would we do to you what we wouldn't do to our own thing? That's the kind of people you want working for you, man, who actually care about you like that. Empire's like that. They keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. And, of course, their philosophy is a beautiful one. It is to help. It is to help you find what you need, not to overwhelm you with all thousands of choices and substitutes. Anybody can sign it. <laughs> Seinfeld, shout out. But yes, Empire product team worked exhaustively to comb through thousands of product samples each year to find that perfect style. They also have the virtual floor designer. It's a great, great way to see how those new floors will look in your home. Just snap that photo and instantly, chill you get a base. You see how the new floors will look in your room. And you know, some people want to go shop at those big box stores. You know, they run into some 15-year-old named Corey who just started working the other day. Can I help you today? What can I do for you? Acne, you know what I'm saying, all on his face. You know what I mean? That's the Damn, why are you coming at Corey like I mean, that's how Corey do, man, because he's upsetting. I don't want to see that when I'm trying to get my new floors. Right. You know what I mean? That's all. Catching I just strays. don't want to see it when I catch that. That's how Corey right. It makes Joey upset. Joey don't want to see that ever. That's not how he rolled. Joey Spathis wants the floors right and tight. And the only place he can get them is Empire Today. Because they pride themselves on their convenient shop at home service. Oh, they're wonderful. So schedule a free home in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive $350 off. You heard what I said. $350 off discount when they use the promo code C. H-G-O. Restrictions apply. See EmpireToday.com slash C-H-G-O for more details. 588-2300. Go! Empire Today. (laughs) Boom! I'm doing it all because I'm the GOAT. (laughs) Javon Carter. (laughs) Going up. and ain't coming down. Uh, we got a few people giving uh, Io a shout out for his game tonight mm. in the comments. Clout okay. and uh, Chase and Ashland. Yeah, I mean, and just another wonderful night for Io. 30 minutes off the bench, 6 of 11, also 4 of 4 at the free throw line for 18 points. Awesome. He's been having these 15 to 20 point nights yes. regularly off the bench in this stretch. It's great. It is also interesting uh, tonight, speaking of Io's 30 minutes, and you know, you touched on all of the minutes the starters played well. Io played 30. Drummond played 17. Javon Carter, 8. Dale and Terry, 3. Mm. Has Billy's rotation been weirdly shrinking for the last week, week yeah. and a half in this stretch of games? Why? Getting even shorter with two rotation players out of the lineup. I mean, you're missing Zach. You're missing Torrey Craig still. Uh, Drummond played, you know, pretty good minutes for what he is, but... Yeah, Patrick Williams down to 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. just does not seem like Billy has the same kind of trust in him as he does with Io when mm-hmm. Io's playing this way, and it's hard to blame him. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, this team 
came into the season with so much depth, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when guys start dropping like flies, yeah. that's kind of what happens. So well, We were talking uh, about Io potentially not being a regular part of the rotation it's crazy coming how, into preseason. It's crazy how good he is. Yeah. It's crazy how good he is. And conversely, how Javon Carter has been. That's so. That's been a, such a surprise, I, man. I don't, and I, it's funny because I was thinking in my head, what's the biggest surprise? Is it Io doing what he's doing, or is it Javon Carter? And for me, it feels like it's Javon Carter because I thought there would be a consistency to it. I'm like, fine, you're not having a good game, you know, it's all for you. Okay, it happens, but man, it's and just it's, been constantly. It, maybe like, my it's goodness. not to you know defend Javon Carter, who just let's be real has not been a great positive impact on this team so far. Uh, half a season into his Bulls tenure. It could be that he's sort of doomed by that Bulls fans who were looking and hoping for more in the offseason as far as transactions, free agent additions, trades, put too much emphasis and importance on what role Javon Carter could provide on this team. And like I, I, I am certainly even guilty of that to some degree as someone who was like curious enough to want to at least see a sample of Javon Carter in the starting five at, like in preseason. Just because it's a new piece, mm-hmm. we all knew that the big three and them all playing together, like it didn't work well. The small start, uh, sample size to start the season of the same old starting five from last season mm-hmm. was not going well, mm-hmm. just like it always was not going well. Mm-hmm. So toss it in there, but maybe expectations greater than you know the, the player you actually had added into your rotation. But I feel like there was a better version of Javon in Milwaukee than this. And uh- – I disagree with that only because when the Bulls got off to that start, that terrible 5-14 start, he was literally one of the bright spots. Like, Javon Carter got off to a really good start. And remember, I would come on here and say, stop taking him out. Like, if he's cooking, leave him in the game because he would come out and hit three or four of those threes but only end up playing, like, 11 minutes, you know? And you wouldn't see him again like that. This is what's happening to him recently as the team has started to play better and, and, you know, look like an NBA team and win more games. He's kind of falling off. And, again, the one that really has surprised me is the defense more than anything mm-hmm. because I remember him. That, that was what he really would hang his hat on is being just a, a, a disruptor. Like, he would guard guys full court. I remember that. Like, all the time. That's what he did. He would guard you full court. And now it just seems like guys are just going right through his chest. You saw Vanderbilt do it. Like, just went right through him and got an and one and finished at the rim. And that's what's more surprising to me than any of this. Like, shooting, yeah, like, people have tough nights. You know what I mean? It happens. You're just cold. It can go down like that. But it feels like that defense is really just not clicking for him. Now, maybe it's something that's a combo package. Maybe my defense is predicated by how my offense is going. But at the same time, I just don't know him to be that kind of player. I just know him to be that bulldog kind of dude on the defensive end who can step in that corner and hit that corner three. I haven't seen him take corner threes in a long while. Like, everything is at the top of the key or from the elbow when he's taking these shots. And he, even at the elbow tonight, he had that same possession where he, like, had an open look, thought about it, nope, fake, <laughs> yeah. pat, nope, thought about it again, yeah. and then pass it off. And then he finally took one, like, one or two possessions later, and he airballed and it. And he airballed it. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> he's, he's really trying to find his rhythm um, in this, and it's hard to when you're not scoring because I can't have you in the game like that. So – I don't know. It's just a weird position that he's kind of in. One thousand percent agree, and it's even more prominent when you look at the numbers. I mean, he shot forty-two percent on threes last year. Right, that's like outstandingly good. He shot. He's shooting thirty-four percent this year, mm. and I think a big piece of that is one. He's obviously a much smaller guy, 
Mm-hmm. And so he's not really able to like create his own shot off the dribble. Right. Not that he has the opportunities to when he's playing alongside, you know, multiple shot creators. Mm-hmm. He's sharing the court with Kobe or DeMar. And it's like, where do you put him defensively? And now there's all this pressure on him to basically come in. And if he's playing 10 minutes a game mm-hmm. to make his shots. And it's hard to do that, to catch a rhythm as a shooter who can't really like rely on, I'm just going to get to the basket this time, get a layup, see the ball go in, and now I'll have a little bit more confidence. Mm-hmm. Or get to the free throw line and see a free throw go in, and now I have a little bit more confidence. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have that in his game. And it's not like a criticism. It's just an opportunities thing. Right. So he has to rely on making threes. Yeah. And if you're not making threes, it's hard to get in a rhythm. You have True. to shoot your way out of it. And if you're not getting a lot of minutes because you're not making your shots, it's hard to shoot your way out of it. Correct. So that's why I think you see him getting shots up a lot. Look, we talked to him recently in practice, and he is just like straightforward looking at, I'm doing the work, I'm coming in every single day before and after <coughs> practice, before and after games, to get my shots up, shooting, I'm staying in a rhythm as best as I can. He's like just completely focused on being a valuable member of this team, whether he's playing or not. Um, his attitude and mentality from that standpoint is like really impressive the way he talks about it. Uh, and I believe that he is a good enough shooter that he'll get himself into a hot stretch, but it just has been a tough go and it's hard for Billy to rely on him and put him in for extended minutes. If he's not making the shots, mm-hmm. it's that simple. Um, South Carson in the comments said, I'll say this about Carter playmaking, not a strength of his, as you were just kind of alluding to will, mm-hmm. uh, he's really just a shooter and pit bull defender. But as Dave, you were saying, where has that defense been? Yeah. Uh, South Carson adding the wrinkle of kind of explains why Miami ran through that Bucks team with him at point guard. Um, Clout in the comments, happy that you brought up his defense, Dave. Um, it is uh, somebody else who just said uh, he's overpaid. <laughs> Javon, Javon uh, Jay Lee said Javon Carter's overpaid. Wow. And it's crazy, you know, like, okay, the Bulls are probably, if they do what we expect them to do, going to make a couple of mid to low tier free agent signings to stay under luxury tax last offseason. Javon Carter was one of those signings. And you're like, all right, well, the, the 40% shooting, if he can come in here and provide some of that, maybe also provide some perimeter defense, then maybe that's a value contract that yeah. the Bulls just signed. Yeah. Um, but the the lack of rhythm, and, you know, he, he said something even early, early this season about, like, I got I to play more minutes to get more of a rhythm He sure going. did say that, yeah. Um, and, and, this, and that might be in his head, too, when he walks in and just immediately starts chucking up shots. Mm-hmm. He says that, well, I know he's going to take me out well, soon, so and, know, and maybe like, that could be. When he is a lethal transition catch and shoot off the ball threat you don't see him hesitate ever Ever. it's why we started joking about how obvious it was that when javon with the ball found his way that ball's going up up, now even especially tonight multiple examples of you seeing him second guess whether or not he should shoot that rock yeah and then once that's in your then the rhythm just goes away entirely yeah yeah and if you're a rhythm shooter then you're you, then you're not a shooter it's the because of the your rhythm is off. It's true. Yes, and and it's completely thrown. And I think the greatest example is the one you brought up. It's him. Should I shoot this now? Get Mars it back. Getting on him. No. Yep. Yeah. And then do it now. But then when he got it that once, and then shot it, and it was just a complete air ball. It was like, man, dude, that's it's it's tough to watch because I know we we've seen him be good. You know, we've seen you know, him be confident. Is yes, what we've seen. that word. Just not, yes, we've seen it be like that there. for him. And it's just not clicking for him yet, man. So he's got time to get it together. But 
man, I don't know how many time on the floor he's going to have, you know, to get it together. Because mm-hmm. that thing is open right now for him and for other guys like Dagan and Terry. And, and when guys like uh, Zach and Tory Craig come back, the window is just going to be going to close even more, you know, as far as that, if your shooting is still going to be like that. I mean, the Bulls got dominated today with size. And so yeah. it's hard to justify putting in a six-foot guy uh, in to defend D'Angelo Russell when he's making eight out of 13 threes. Oh, so you know, it's just it's a tough situation. And you mentioned the contract, Matt. Uh, six million this year, six and a half next year, just under seven the year after that. Uh, player option on the third year. Like, if he's unable to play and the Bulls are in this tight cap situation, like, they're going to have to look to see if they can either attach him in a deal to get off that money or figure out another way to make that work because – We've been talking about it. Like the the money is is the lowest common denominator here. Mm-hmm. That is something that they're not going to to budge on is the luxury tax. So mm-hmm. if they want to retain their guys and they feel happy with these competitive losses, like they have to clear out some space to be able to bring everybody back. Yeah, should be interesting. Sorry, the phrase competitive losses just sent me there. Competitive losses outside uh, the division, though. Does that matter? No, it so <laughs> matters whether or not it's in the division. It matters. If you miss pregame, you don't get that joke. <laughs> uh, let's knock out our second ad break, then we'll come back. Um, and speaking of maybe tossing Javon Carter into a trade package, I did want to touch a little bit more on trade stuff, um, okay. especially with this Lakers team we saw tonight who are stuck in a battle in that Western Conference playoff and play-in picture because trade there's, there's the been all house? kinds of talk about the Lakers uh, and maybe looking the Bulls' direction for a variety mm-hmm. of pieces. Um and DeMar played pretty well tonight. He did. For the second time against the Lakers this season. He did. He loves playing against uh, them. Let's put a pin in that, and then we'll come back to it. Uh, while we're sharing these words, you know what to do. Hit that thumbs up if you're hanging out with us on YouTube. We appreciate it. We appreciate you hanging out late with us. 12.40 a.m. <laughs> what? <laughs> Central Standard Time. We're doing a post-game show live because F it, why not? Bulls fans are diehard. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all, man. Um. CHO Bulls postgame tonight brought to you by our friends at Ray Chevy. Not Ray. Our partner, Ray Chevrolet, is ringing in the new year with their best offers all month long. Make your way to Ray Chevrolet on Route 12 and Fox Lake to join on the savings and start your Ray resolution. As one of the top-selling Chevy dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest Chevy inventories. But right now, they're trying to make room for inbound 2024 models. Bring in the new stuff. Mm-hmm. So, what does that mean? All their current inventory, get out of here. Right into your driveway, slash garage, slash park it on the street, wherever your neighborhood is. Plus, you can find the perfect tailgate vehicle at Ray Chevy because they have over 100 new Silverados with prices starting as low as $19,495. Or take up to $10,000 off a new 2023 Silverado. To top it off, they're pricing over 125 vehicles under 20000 mm. Seriously, guys, can pricing get more affordable? I don't think you could. Don't think so? Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that when you go to the dealership, they might even be able to find you more savings than the wonderful price offer that you found online. That's what? the Ray Price promise. The price you see on their dealership website will never be higher with any trick fees or hidden fees when you go to the dealership and say, hey, I, I want that Silverado or I want that one, I want that one. No, it will be the same price you see online unless they find you even more savings when you walk in the door. Wow. You can also get a free oil change 
Just mention CHGO Bulls when you go visit Ray Chevrolet, bless you, Joseph, in Fox Lake, or visit the website, and that oil change is free. Mm. Start your new year off right. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com mm. to start your Ray resolution. They've been serving the community since 1963. Mm. Find new roads. That's right. Then drive on them. <laughs> uh, Dave? Uh-huh. Do you want to talk about comment real quick? No, Matt. You don't? I would love to talk oh, about comment real you quick. you scare me for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Woo. Palpitating. Uh, Dave, it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind. Mm. For the health of the planet, mm. the well-being of all of us, share it. Yeah. Mm. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van, shout out Lisa, or you have a fleet of shipping trucks, George, shout out George, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. That's right, Dave. But let me ask you this. Sure. What should business owners do about that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that right there, man. Thank you very much. Go to ComEd.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, as Matt Peck says, good for you. And also, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? That's like what I said, comed.com slash clean. Learn. Yes, and go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Shout out, baby Joey. Hey, you got to learn with your brain. Learn and go now. And your energy. Do both. And your mind, too. And your truck, too. And your mind, too. Right, your truck, too. Uh, gentlemen, I, because tonight was just like a ugh kind of game. Sure. Lakers caught fire. Bulls turned the ball over. I thought we could spend the last few minutes just talking a little bit about Bulls Lakers, February 8th trade deadline. Okay. We, we touched on it on, I think, our Tuesday show, Dave, mm-hmm. uh, you, me, and Mark K, that uh, Andre Drummond's name popped up as a big that the Lakers might be looking for to add to their front court depth uh, for this uh, you know back half of season push. Mm-hmm. We have also heard from multiple sources, from multiple avenues all season long, that, like, yeah, maybe Zach Levine for Rui and D'Lo and a 2029 first. Uh, you can't have Austin Reeves. That's been there. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that seemingly almost always attached to the Zach, Rui, D'Lo, 2029 first, but probably not, is, you know who the Lakers would probably really want? Is DeMar DeRozan and or Alex Caruso. Mm. I still think Uh-oh. that if the Bulls are going to explore something that is other than... You know, it's not necessarily anybody's fault why this is, or maybe it is, but it sucks. We're not going to trade Zach for a bag of peanuts. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants Zach right now. We're not going to trade him just anybody to less is more trade. Maybe, maybe if the Bulls front office actually looks themselves in the freaking mirror and sees what this team and this season is, and the Lakers are calling them and offering them legitimate stuff for DeMar Andor, Alex Caruso, and I know, Will, Will, you and Mark K talked about it in your HQ yesterday with Caruso and whether or not the Bulls can afford to lose him. Mm. I, 
to me, maybe DeMar's easier. I don't know. Mark K still thinks that DeMar is essential to what the Bulls are trying to do right now. I, I think you have to consider letting either or both of those guys go if the Lakers bring you something real. Can you rewind for a second? Because I think what you said is really important here, which is that for what the Bulls are trying to do, what the Bulls are trying to do is have competitive games, is make the play in tournament. And Caruso and Damar and Drummond give you the best chance to do that. Mm-hmm. So we can sit here and disagree with that direction, but that doesn't change what the Bulls want to do. And I think it's fair for us to come on here and express our disagreement with that. But I think we also need to be prepared. And when I say that, I mean people in the comments, people listening, fans of the Bulls in general. Like, I think there's a real possibility that there is no move here. Um, I think clearing out money to bring back everybody else is the key that they're focused on. Mm -hmm. And I think that starts and ends with Zach Levine. Mm. And I don't know how real this stuff is with the Pistons that we talked about pregame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Cowley reported today uh, in his postgame column that th- those conversations were a little bit overblown. So who knows uh, about just how real those are. But I really just – I think that's what it's going to be. Like they, they've – this has been reported that mm-hmm. AK wants to see what the team is like after they trade Zach, and I just don't know what they do. Now, should they? I think Absolutely. I think if you're able to get something for your veteran minimum center who's about to leave in free agency, mm-hmm. you probably should do something about that. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it just comes down to like, what do we think they're going to do versus what do we want them to do? And I think for some of us, those are very different things. No, you're right. They're, they're absolutely different things. Um, one, when he brought up the Drummond trade, I was like, yeah, sure. I'd absolutely be uh, open to that for sure. So backup center, as you mentioned, that's going to be leaving in free agency because he wants another big contract. And he's right to want that, you know. So it's not going to happen here uh, for for him on that. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. You know I've been trying to trade Caruso for about a year now. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with that that one at all. Um, I do agree with Marquez when he says talks about DeMar and him being essential to what the Bulls are really trying to do. 100%. Um, he's, he's absolutely right on that, and which is why I don't even think about trades for DeMar DeRozan because I'm like, he's not going anywhere. Like, he's too bu- – one, he's too essential, and two, he's too beloved. Okay, but let me cut you off here and ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Let's say, so DeMar is extension eligible up until June 30th. Okay. Uh, after that, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. If between today, January 26th, and February 8th trade deadline, you get an indication that he is either leaning towards going into free agency or he is unwilling to sign here, like, does that change your mind at all? Or do you sure. do you want to... Sure, kind of overpaid to bring him back to no, secure if, this, you know, group for. If you're a letting more me years. know you don't want to be here, then I will do whatever's in my power to let you go elsewhere. Okay, I have no problem with that. Like, yeah, you don't want to be here. Cool. All right. You're Which right. is why. And look, it's a, it's a silly conspiracy theory, and it only holds as much water as two games. But and even then, it's it's silly. I noticed that. DeMar followed up his first game against the Lakers this season, which was a win and 27 and 9, I believe. Okay. With 32 and 10 tonight. Okay. Part of me, and it's a cynical part, uh, we all know that's a big part, part. um, (laughs) thinks that there is a version of DeMar who was like, I'm going to ball out twice against the Lakers. Okay. We played Lakers twice before the trade deadline. We'll see how this season goes. 
we all know it was widely reported and verified from DeMar himself that what he really wanted to do in the summer offseason of 2021 was go home to L.A. and sign with the Lakers. Mm -hmm. He thought that's what was going to happen. And then instead, the Lakers quickly pivoted and were like, oh, we're going to bring in Westbrook instead. And it blew up in their face and it was hilarious. But (laughs) DeMar wanted to go home to L.A. Mm -hmm. He thought he was going to go home to L.A. The Bulls gave him a fatter paycheck and a solid role on a team that they were going to say, this is competitive. Mm -hmm. You have to... You have to assume that there is a part of DeMar who still wants to go at some point and play in L.A. before his career is over. Mm-hmm. And even if the Lakers say, DeMar, oof, like, we don't know if we're going to be able to sign you on a lucrative multi-year deal this summer, but even if the Lakers get their shit together and DeMar helps them do that to the extent of a playoff run for his hometown team, why would DeMar not want to do that? Mm. Well, I think we've seen the recipe with these guys, and not to say that DeMar would fall into this category because I think he's pushed back a lot on that when asked uh, by reporters, but the blueprint is you get the money and then run. You know, Mm -hmm. like you sign the bag, and if you're Zach Levine, you sign the max with the Bulls, and then you ask out in Mm -hmm. a year. If you are Damian Lillard, you sign for the Supermax, and then you ask out. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not like a new thing that has just started. DeMar is a super loyal guy, and I don't think he's like itching to leave but if you're asking him if he would rather go play on the taxpayer mid-level exception for six and a half million dollars to go play for the lakers next year or get 25 30 million dollars from the bulls and then have the ability to ask for a trade after that to go to the lakers i think my gut tells me that he would probably lean towards the latter Mm -hmm. and take the money and then try to figure out the rest later because i don't think he's like itching to leave I think he recognizes that this is not a situation where he's going to win a championship mm-hmm. and so ultimately maybe that does uh, become the most important thing to him but you know I think he still feels like he can play for a long time in this league sure and if he can get another two or three year contract for 90 million bucks and then go ring chasing after that mm-hmm. or get that money and then get traded to the Lakers next year mm-hmm. I think that sounds like the preferable option from my standpoint. Mm. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think the biggest word you brought up is that he's a loyalist. He really is. He's a loyal guy. That's something I definitely understand. Like, I'm loyal to a fault. So I get that. And But when you're a loyalist, certain things like money don't really come into play. You're just more so on, you know, who you are as a person. Like, this is my pride. This is my, who I am as a human being. Doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what you're giving me. I'm loyal to you and I'm loyal to this. I don't know what he feels uh, going into the offseason, if he wants to go back, if he wants to stay, or however it goes. But whoever he feels his loyal, where his loyalty lies, that's who he's going to go with. His loyalty also is contingent upon his contract ending. Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? It is also that once my contract is over, you're lo- he understands it's a business. And he said he got the education in Toronto when he got traded to San Antonio. So that aspect is in his brain as well. Like, I understand it's a business. Anybody can go. Anybody can be traded. So he's kind of holding a lot of the cards, you know, in this situation. Got a team, as you keep uh, alluding to, uh, AK and Eversley feel like they want him back and want him to be back with the team. He likes it here. He said it a million times how much he likes it here and enjoys Chicago. And Chicago has shown him nothing but the love that he is well-earned and well-deserved. That's true. So, but also there's the 
place like you keep pointing to, man, there's no place like home. Yeah. There's nothing like it, especially playing for a team that you grew up idolizing and wanting to play for. The Clippers, he was he was willing to play for. They just yeah. didn't want to give him the money. A few in the comments saying that you know they see him as a better fit with the Clippers. Right. I'm not sure I agree, but, um, but, but he but, it doesn't matter. It was the LA right. team. It's a home he, thing. Yeah, he it's a home thing. Correct. What is he more loyal to on this one? And that's I think what we'll find out because I honestly I think the money's important. I don't think it's as important to him. I think his loyalty and those kind of things as a man are more important to him than that check. Now, I'm not saying it's not, because that's the, a lot of damn money. The thing with the Bulls, though, is that he gets both, right? Yeah. He gets to stay loyal to the Bulls, and he gets a check. Yeah. And he gets the opportunity. But it's the like, feeling, He's not going to be... It's also what what do I feel like I'm, I'm going to be comfortable at, too. I think he's at the level right now, Will, where it's about the comfort right now. Yeah. Because you're at, what, year what, 15? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, so yeah. at this point in time, it's about, dude, where am I comfortable at? Because the checks have been made. Of course, I like getting bread. You know, nothing wrong with that. But where can I be comfortable at, too? Yeah, my point is, like, and it's impossible to just, like, get inside DeMar's mind and sure. figure that out. Sure. But I feel like he has the option to have it both ways. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline which is to say that he could get the money and then also ask for a trade to a certain place. And I think that is a real does possibility. He, does he command that leverage? Like, DeMar, DeMar, if you're DeMar and you say, what I want most to win a championship, so I'm going to take $30 million from the Bulls and then try and... That, and see, and then that try to, sound like him. And then try and, and, then try and force my way to what team I want... Like, I, I don't think that there's, there's I don't no think evidence. at that caliber of player that he is, and there's no evidence he would do that. But I'm saying like I don't I don't understand what the thought process behind that would be. He could easily like uh, I, I just, just don't think he's that kind of player. I don't think I mean, so either. But well, I, we said that about Dame too until he wasn't. You know, it's that's like true. We, just, we don't know. That's true. What he's gonna want? I just don't. Yeah, Dame, I don't know. Dame. My point is that I don't. Does that get Demar? If that's what he wants, does that does that guarantee him what that he's gonna be on a team that's gonna compete for a championship? I, I it seemed like it would seem more logical for him to sign outright with if that's his true priority than put it in the hands of the Bulls mm-hmm. who are also showing right now like we're not going to trade our guys unless we like the return. Yeah. So Yeah, but yeah. I think the so Bulls are like also desperate to retain him, so I think they're willing to overpay relative to what the market not to say that he's not like worth that much money, but relative to what the market dictates would be, you know, the mm-hmm. amount that he would get from like any average team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think it's a it's a tricky situation. I think he does hold a lot of the cards. Just the fact that he is potentially unrestricted, and you know I said this last year with Vooch, and I think it's true here again too. Even though I was wrong last year, which which was that like I expected a Vooch extension to come soon after the trade deadline mm-hmm. because he was not traded. It made sense that an extension would come pretty soon and obviously they waited until the summer until i think it was the day before free agency started yep but they mm-hmm. got that extension done and it was because the bulls wanted to make it clear that they did not want him to entertain other offers uh, other opportunities whether that was for less money but to go play for a more competitive team right so what did they do they offered him 60 million dollars over three years 
And that's probably more than he could have gotten from any other team. Sure. And so probably. it was a, you know, we'll pay you yeah. what is like the most you're worth um, because we want you to come back. And I think it's going to be the same story with DeMar. Yeah. We'll see. We'll uh, see. You know, the Lakers, I'm guessing, will be aggressive in every possible way they can between now and February 8th, assuming that over the next two weeks they continue to just sort of float somewhere between 7th and 10th in the West. Yeah, it sounds like they're um, really, like, locked in on DeJounte Murray. Right. If yeah. that domino falls elsewhere, I think that's when they start to... If a different team swoops in and Terry takes Rozier's DeJounte the Murray board. in a trade, yeah. then maybe you start to see some Lakers-Bulls talk ramping up. Correct. Uh, and we'll be here for it if it does. But that will do it for us tonight. Thank Real you, everybody. Real quick, I want to give a shout-out here to two Super Chats. Yeah, I saw it. Our Super Chat function is yeah, broken The Super Chats tonight. weren't coming through normally tonight. Okay. So P-Will just, uh, AK side, is P-Will ankle still an issue? Doesn't look right since coming back. Appears to be struggling mentally. He, I don't know if you guys Patrick, have anything about um, that. denies being injured, let alone having those injuries affect him. Like, he just will he refuses to make excuses. If he's out there... He's out there, so it's a hard no on that one. Maybe, but he would never say that. And then another shout-out. C-Red UK, I know it's a loss, but can we get an honorary goon of the night for the international fans? 6 a.m. here in the UK now, and we have to start the day like this. (laughs) Even book the day off of work so we could watch. I mean, it's not up to me, but I will run it by the official goon of the night um, committee head. Oh, well, I give you plenty of love. Yes. You know, for doing that, that's incredible. That's wild. That's crazy. You get all the love I got <laughs> right now is Mine what too. I'm going to give to you, have it. You got that. And his too. And a little of the goats as well. A little from Joseph. Put it up in a blender. Drink it down. Smooth going down females. and delicious. No. <laughs> no championship belt, though. No. No it's, goon tonight. It's not a goon of the night night. It's not a goon of the night. It's just not. Uh, all right. But if we won, if they won, you definitely would have gotten that. Thank for you sure. for hanging out with us, especially you international fans who I don't know what time of the night or morning it is where you are. Early. Bless your hearts. Uh, enjoy your Saturday, uh, everybody. Actually, enjoy your Friday and Saturday. We yes. are off for the next couple of days. We'll be back Sunday when the Bulls finish their three-game road trip in Portland. Uh, no pregame. We will be here post game uh, after that 8 p.m. tip off. Mm-hmm. So have a wonderful start to your weekend. Stay safe. In the meantime, Will underscore Gottlieb is where you can find all this man's Bulls reporting and updates. AllCHGO.com is where you can find all of his wonderful Bulls writing. Our pal and producer, Joyce Bathis, is at Joyce Bathis. Big day foul. BWL Sports. Ah! Um, CH, uh, I'm Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Ben Dean said it's 4 p.m. here. Yeah. That's such a normal time, Ben Dean. Well, Prince Bulls TV says 7 a.m. You have... <laughs> <laughs> get yourselves those new Sub-Zero shirts that just dropped in the CHO merch locker today. Yes. Get your tickets to the CHO Bulls Takeover. Yes. February 6th, Bulls Wolves. Come hang out with us. We will talk to you on Sunday. See you at be good. Love y'all. Peace.